Hi guys, a very warm welcome to you as always. You're listening to the FIFA Play On podcast with me, Liam Payne. The podcast where I get the chance to chat with some of the most exciting football players in the world, inviting these amazing players to share a playlist of songs that best soundtrack their incredible stories. Along the way, we'll discuss everything from the tracks they've chosen and the stories they represent to family, love, life, and of course, football. And if that wasn't exciting enough, we'll also be joined by some very special guests, some of the biggest names in music and football culture, to give their takes on the topics that we cover. If you want to check out any of the tracks we discuss, you can listen to all of our player playlists through the link in the description below. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It's time to play on. Uh, With me again for this episode is broadcaster, reporter, charitable founder, and probably the most positive man I think I know, Mr. J.D. Dyer. Liam, man, you always put on a smile on my face. So it's always good to see you. It's always good to chop it up with you as well. How have you been? I've been really, really good. I love talking to you because I feel like I have a proper idiot abroad sour grapes mentality <laughs> about most of the things in life. Obviously, COVID looming over us at the moment still. I My routine, and there isn't one. Let's be honest. There isn't one. You know, I'm going to bed at like 5am. I'm waking up at two in the afternoon. I'm just terrible. I think I'm balancing it quite well. Much like yourself, I've lived abroad for a long while, so I'm kind of used to being in my own space. So I don't mind actively checking in on people and calling people. So I think as long as everyone gets a good book, finds themselves a good series to watch, you should be fine. I mean, I wish I could say I, I, I read more books. I just think I'm just not that guy. Anyway, enough about me and you, I suppose. How are you feeling about today's guest? Oh, Liam, look, we've got, I'm only going to describe it one way, Nigerian royalty. That is the only way to describe it. So it's a pleasure to introduce our guest today on the episode because she is one of the brightest stars in women's football. I seem to remember her breakthrough being at the 2014 FIFA Under 20s World Cup and she was both the top goal scorer and named player of the tournament. She has the smile, the swag, the hairstyle, everything to go with it. And since then, look, three African Women's Championships, played in two FIFA World Cups, a four-time African Player of the Year and now she's scoring goals for Barcelona. A big welcome to the FIFA Play On, Asita Oshawala. Yeah, my girl. (laughs) (laughs) I was reading through your bio and it said that most of your friends call you Z. Are we allowed to call you Z for the episode today? Yeah, that's fine. I'm so surprised that you could even breathe through introducing that, JD, because there are so many accolades through that list. Like how you remembered all that, I have no idea. I mean, you've done some amazing, amazing things, Z. Um, Where in the world are you right now anyway? Um, Europe. I'm in Spain at the minute. And how's lockdown in Spain? Is it it tough? Has it been hard or? Uh, Pretty difficult. Um, from April, I think, until like mm. August period, it was crazy, you know. But now it's better. Everything has like reduced, and the pressure is just going down. But... So I mean, so you had to tra- so your work from home was training from home. Yeah. And how and how how mentally how are you? Because for me, training at home, I'm trying to impress myself. I'm like, yeah, I'll do a little bit of this. I'll do a bit of skipping and just feel good about myself. I mean, for you, it's your job. You know, it's something you have to do. But yeah, for you, it's different because you just want to do it because you want to do it. For me, I have to do it. Right? Yeah. It's my job. It's my profession. So I have to do it. If I don't do it, then maybe when next we resume, <laughs> I'll have to be like, maybe I'll be running like 96 kg. <laughs> Well, Liam, I know we promised Nigerian royalty, so we've got another special, special guest. Uh, I'm going to let you one take this one away. Yes, we have. Um, Hailed the queen of Afropop, which I can confirm, but in reality is making waves across way more genres too. Uh, We welcome a hugely successful singer, songwriter and actor 
she started as a backing singer for George Michael, none other than George Michael at 16 years old, before lending her vocal strengths to a multitude of others and embarking on a successful songwriting career before taking center stage, becoming the first female artist to win Best African Act at the MTV European Music Awards in 2018 and working with Beyonce on her Lion King soundtrack, which was amazing. I don't know if you guys saw it. Uh, having just released an incredible album in August, well, welcome, Tiwa Savage! Hey, that is an intro and a half. What an in- I mean, both massive, massive intros. Tiwa, how are you? I am great now. After that intro, I am fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I honestly don't know what my intro for this show should have been. And he would have probably been knows a little bit about football and sing songs occasionally. <laughs> no, don't lie. You gave me the breakdown, the Wikipedia breakdown before Liam. You said that yeah. was there, it was detailed. There, there is, but they're not all good details, unfortunately, <laughs> for me. Not as good as you two. Um, now, uh, Tiwa, you are joining us from Nigeria. I'm in Lagos. Nigeria. Oh, yeah. Um, how's the lockdown been over there? Um, I'm kind of like a recruit anyway, so I don't really like people that much so for me it didn't feel strange i'll join you on that one z we gotta feel special now we're in the room and the presence yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is good i like that honesty from the from the jump fantastic now uh the whole idea of this podcast you've had to pick your personal playlist of six songs that mean uh something to you now i I don't know about you but i struggle to pick someone says to me what's your favorite song suddenly i can't even think of a single song in my head i'm like oh what even is music um, how difficult was it for you to pick these six favorite songs? That's the UZ, sorry. <laughs> I mean, it was quite emotional for me, to be honest with you, because it made me think back and I started remembering how things was difficult, how I had to like leave my family, how I had to like um, create my own space, you know, create my own happiness out of nothing. Even when I went to London, I was not happy, you know. I just had to think about a lot of things then, so... Um, yeah, for me, I had to flash back and then started picking songs that, as of that period, they were like the banging songs that kept me going or that helped me or that built me during mm-hmm. that period, you know. So it was how I, that was how I picked mine, you know. So I have to ask you two quickly, quickly, because you two are both musicians. So does that sit well perfectly in terms of with Liam and T? Does that, is that exactly why you create music? Is that what you want to? Well, this is what I was literally just going to say. It's like the, the way you have to think about music, I think, these days, and this has only become a recent thing for me, is that you guys create the moments. We just create the background for those moments. You know, the songs that you make, it's, it's about getting yourself out in the studio 100%. And every studio session is a little bit like a therapy session in a way, but we're making songs for your guys' moments. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's what those songs will remind you of, those that, that person, that time. Or I don't know, what do you think, Tiwa? Yeah, like 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 Liam said, it's it, it, basically what I'm going through or you know what I'm inspiring to be like you know yeah it's it's usually like a soundtrack to my life at that particular time or that particular moment let's get into your uh, first track so your first selection I'm going to try and pronounce this it's by Two Face it's called Nafana Ibaga did I say that right yeah yes get in one nil one nil you're doing good huh? You're going to be cultured by the end of this. Mate, you? I can't wait to be cultured. I can't wait to be able to call myself that. <laughs> yeah. Add it to the TV. Everybody know that me humble and cool, but some people them take me for a full of neighbor. 
If I give another man, yeah, So the reason why I say for the Ibaru is that I got my conscience by my side. Got peace of mind inside. Who's on the Ibaru? No matter what I'm doing, I'm going to make my door. So the reason why I say for the Ibaru is who got us blessed. No man can curse. No man can curse. Um, so why did you pick this one, Z? Um, I think during that period, the song was more like um, an inspirational song to me. I was I was quite young anyway, but it was just the lyrics, how the video, then the video came out. I watched it and I was like, I could relate with the videos and the words that came with the songs and everything. And then everywhere you go then that period, this is what you hear people listen to every time and all that. Um, so yeah, that period was... A period where I was aspiring to um, go out of my space, wake up in the morning, get out there and do some workout and stuff like that, you know, and get back with my friends, chill and still do my normal day-to-day routine, you know. It was more like a thing that actually fit into my day-to-day life during that period. So um, I loved the song a lot. I mean, you've got such an amazing story, but I'm, for us, where, where did the love of football start and where does it come from for you? It was in school. The guys, to be honest, they used to play and they don't really let me play with them. It was pretty much difficult for me to get in their middle and play with them and all that. And also then it was a period where you don't really see girls kick football. And my environment was an environment where you don't. Re- I don't really see female players, you know. I never even knew that um, if a female soccer team, a proper soccer team, like a proper academy actually existed. Not until um, I got to secondary school level and then a school close to my school had a female team, you know? So I was, I was so surprised. to say, This is my first time I've seen a female um, soccer team. Like, you know, I was so surprised. Then I used to leave my school to go to the other school to play with the team. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who were those heroes that you looked up to? Because as you said, there was clearly that barrier between seeing a lot of boys play. Obviously, the men's national team would have been starring at that time. Anyone knows about the Eagles and them guys there, but... Who were some of the heroes that you looked up to? Um, if I'm not going to lie, right, I wasn't into women's football like that because there was no awareness. Yeah, that's the word. There was no awareness around for for pe- to keep people updated about the female teams or the female national team or something, right? So it was all men. We always hear about the men. The likes of Okocha, the Kanuankos and all that, you know? JJ. Those are the ones you really know that the popular ones you hear about. I had my hair braided because of JJ. Right. <laughs> so I'm just going to say, yeah, it's the male team that I actually knew when I was very young. I'm not going to lie. Not the female teams. It was when I got to maybe like secondary or after my school level, I started watching um, women national team play football. I mean, how does that feel for you now? Obviously, you you are many, many people's hero from, from where you're from. How, how does that feel for you being able to be that person for someone? I always say this every day. Like, I, it's not like a burden. I don't always want to see it as a burden, but it's more like an assignment for me, right? Mm-hmm. Because those things I didn't have opportunity to get when I was young. I love to create it for the younger ones that are coming behind me, right? Because at the end of the day, it's not about the game or how many goals you score that actually matters. It's how much people you inspire at the end of the day, you know? So even if you're leaving football, I want to leave a legacy. I want the younger ones to be like, oh, Aziza Toshuala, oh, one of the players that you watch and, you know, that talk about women's football or whatever. It's just about you leaving a legacy. So I feel inspired every time. And I feel like each time I play football on the pitch, it's an assignment for me. 
you know, I'm out there to represent, especially when I'm here in Barcelona, when I go on the pitch to play, I tell myself every day that I'm going out there to represent the whole of Africa. Because if you don't play good, it's going to be difficult for them to sign any other African player. Right? Right, right, right. And it's the amount of effort you put in or the legacy you leave that will inspire other teams to look into the space that you are coming from. So what I'm trying to say now is in the Spanish league, I want to do my best. I want to make sure I give my best all the time, my score goals and everything. And then the other teams can be like, oh, I think we need an African player too. We want to go into Africa to see like the players, the talents that they have there. You know, we want to see mm-hmm. what they have. If Azizat can come out, possibility, there's every possibility that I can be someone who's better than Azizat over there. And what about for your journey, uh, Tiwa? How, how did it start out for you? And, and how have you, you know, who were your heroes? Um, well, very briefly, this is this might sound funny, but I had a crush on a guy at high school, at college, uh, no, secondary school, and he used to hang around with a lot of singers. And so I just wanted to get his attention and then I started singing. So. No way! No way! I'm not having this. You are one of the biggest inspirations across the whole of Africa, across the world, and it started with love. It started with you getting someone's attention. Yes, his name is his name is Kevin. He went to Claremont High School. He had green eyes, um, and I I noticed they used to hang around and they used to sing songs and everything. So I I was practicing singing songs and in the hallway, hoping that he'll notice me one day. And that's how it started, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, message to Kevin now. Kevin, you missed out, mate. This <laughs> is right out there, Kevin, if you're listening in. Yeah. I think, I think Kevin, watch, Kevin, Kevin's happy for a shout-out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should bring Kevin in. Hey, Liam, well, you're our last guest. guest. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, do, do you have any song for Kevin? No, like he never, even after I started singing, <laughs> he still never paid me any attention. Kevin. I do have a song called Quality Attention, though. Ah, oh, that's one of my favorites, yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. one of my favorites. She released it recently. I think this yeah, year yeah, or yeah, thereabout, yeah. So, Z, your next selection is E No Easy mm. by P Square. difficult i'm not i'm not gonna lie to you because at that point in time um when i finished from school my mom she she always wanted me at a shop to sell for her and all of that and then my dad he never wanted me to play football anyways like if i see him and i'm playing football i have to run away and tell my friends tell him you've not seen me today like tell him you've not seen me today so yeah um at that point in time in my career it was when I was hiding to play football on Sundays or Saturdays when we don't go to school. And I had one Sunday, I went to the National Stadium to actually play with a team there. 
I got there, I was playing with the guys normal every Sunday. And then someone just told me like, oh, there's a female team playing football there or something. I was like, female football or whatever? Okay. Then I went there to watch. And some of the guys I used to play with, they said um, they can talk to the coach for me to play with them. And it was a competition anyways. So I was not registered with either of the teams though. Or they could squeeze me in and all that. So I went to play with the team and the coach was like, you're so good. We'd love to have you on our team, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, bro, don't even waste your time. My father is going to eat you when he sees you. If you say this in presence of my father, he's not even going to let you land, you know? Was there like a secret member of your family who, who like you went to, to, who was kind of backing you to be a footballer? Was there anyone in your family? Only my grandmother. Your grandmother? Yeah. It was only my grandmother. So then when I go out, I eventually play or something. And my dad or my mom wants to beat me. I run to her and she's going to tell them, she's with me. You can't beat her when she's with me. <laughs> or I'll beat you. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was really crazy, that period. And T, did you have that sort of supportive family member or friend that kind of gave you the same inspiration as these grandmother? Same thing, um, but my mom did. My mom supported me, but it's the same thing growing up. It's like, you, you can't be a singer. Like my, my dad actually wrote on a piece of paper and he gave me five options. Doctor, engineer, accountant. I don't know. It's like, he wrote five things and he said, you have to pick those. I and think they, it's a cultural thing. They made me go to university and study business and accounts. That's my first degree. Mm. Like I literally went to University of Kent to Canterbury and I had to study business and accounts because they just didn't allow me to do. But my mom, on the other hand, she used to like sneak and give me extra money if I wanted to go for audition or like, you know, she would come with me when I was, you know, going for different, you know, different shows and whatever. So she always supported me, but you know, she still had to respect my dad. So she didn't want my dad to be upset. But then she was secretly always like edging me on. Like, I think for me, actually, it was a different thing where my family were all fairly supportive. My dad was, the, the only reason I got into singing was because my dad was like, oh, we're going to get you in front of Simon Cowell one day and see what he thinks of your voice. And that was all my dad used to say to me. He's like, oh, we'll get you in front of Simon one day. But when we had a career day at school, we had like a career advice day. And I went in and said, oh, I want to be a pop star, work in a factory or be a fireman. She's like, okay, we'll put pop star at the bottom then, shall we? And that was how it started out for me. But it's just like, it's hard. I, I suppose, you know, there's a difficulty in schools at the moment that a lot of people want to be influencers these days. And at first you look at it like it's not much of a career, but I mean, what can you say? These kids are out here making so much money and enjoying the thing that they do. It's not like you can really say anything. And we're all half influencer these days anyway. But in terms of Nigeria, do you think there are a lot of limits placed on young girls? Maybe not limits, but different expectations. I think still, you know, like it's even if you decide to do, you know, to go into a different career and you decide you, you are successful in that, you're still seen as a woman. They still ask that question. When are you going to get married? What about I never want to get married just because I'm a woman doesn't wow. mean that my life is complete when I get married. Like you would still get that question. When are you going to have kids? And I feel like that pressure is put on women a lot you know, because they feel like you haven't really fulfilled your purpose on earth. And, you know, sometimes it's unfair because, you know, some women are not naturally maternal mm. or some women just naturally can't even have children. And, you know, so it, it, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on women in that aspect. I saw that. I went to Africa in 2017 
And I very much saw that. Even some of the most intelligent women that I was had the opportunity to speak to within the village and whatever else, it was almost as if they weren't allowed to open their mind to being able to be footballers, musicians, business leaders, whatever mm. else it was. And that does need to change. There's this meme that I posted and it was just like this girl, she says that, you know, her family, you know, her grandma is always like, when they go to a wedding, she would go, we're going to do yours soon. We're going to do yours soon. Every single wedding, every Saturday, we're going to do yours soon. We're going to celebrate. And then she goes that the next time they go to a funeral, she's going to turn around and tell her grandma, we're, we're going to do yours soon. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is terrible. I love it. Let's move on to uh, track three here. Next up from your playlist. Now, you're going to have to help me out with the pronunciation on this one, Z, because this is going to be one I struggle with. It's by Wizkid, who uh, I actually met a while ago. He's a lovely, lovely guy. Um, but would you say the name of the song for me? Oja Legba. Oja Legba. you know this but um i saw tiwa perform a, a, a voices for fashion uh, through a friend of mine edward enninfell who is the editor of vogue um and he has been spreading the word far and wide about afrobeats at every single fashion function that i have been to every vogue party any of these things afrobeats is the biggest music there and it gets everybody on the floor i mean what can you say about the way that music spread in that way for me i feel like Afrobeats, we always have the highest number or big numbers. We always keep making big numbers. You know why? Because Africans, I feel like generally we are happy people. Yes. We just want to have fun. Even in difficult moments, we still want to have fun. We still try to create our own happiness, our own space, you know? I think for me, I was born in Nigeria, but I, I did my secondary school at my university in London. So I spent most of my growing up or formative years in London. And it wasn't cool to be African. I was teased a lot. I was bullied. You know, they used to laugh at me all the time. And even when I, when my mom would come or like at weddings, I would be so embarrassed when they would start playing African music. So for me to live through the times and see how big Afrobeats is in African culture, it's such an important and such a beautiful moment for me to see because you know, every time I'm in London now, I'm hearing my songs in Selfridges or like H&M, different places. It's amazing. But growing up, I was embarrassed to be African. I was shy to be African. It's so true. Honest. Now I reflect and I look at that journey. I think about even my childhood. I grew up in a very diverse area and all of my African friends growing up, they would say they're Jamaican. Yeah. And I never understood why. But But now... <laughs> They are proud Africans. They'll tell you if they're Igbo, Yoruba. <laughs> they'll tell you down to their tribe where they're from because I think it shows where Africa's come and how this continues to be trailblazers in terms of media, sports, culture, and whatever else. But I take it back, Z, to what you were saying earlier. You talk about having that pride on your shoulders every time you play for Barcelona and every time you represent your country. Thinking about some of the things that you achieved, did you start that off when you had this sort of thought back in 2014 when you were shining at the FIFA Under-20s World Cup? Not, not really, but 
what what I had in mind when I was playing during the World Cup period was I don't know if I will still get another opportunity to play again. That was what I had in my head. So I don't know if I get another chance or opportunity to come again or something. I just want to have all the fun. I want to have that period. Like, okay, have everything you want to have now. Do everything you want to do now. Score all the goals you want to score now. So even if you're not coming back, <laughs> you have something to look back and like smile and be happy, you know. And then it was a beautiful moment, to be honest with you. It was so good because we were the only African team remaining in the tournament. So... We're not playing for us. We're not playing for Nigeria at that moment any longer. We're playing for Africa. We're representing a particular nation, a particular continent, rather. So it made us to, like, put more effort and, you know, just give more. And we got to the final, I think. And going back to what we were just talking about, obviously, you know, at the start of your career, obviously your parents weren't the most supportive. And how how did they feel about it after this? I tell you, after the 2014 World Cup, my dad... I had no other option other than to just let me play. <laughs> um, it was a beautiful moment to see my dad smile, you know. So they, they kept a video of him during the game. It was, you know, because he loves football a lot. This I saw his reaction and everything. I was just smiling. But I was happy, you know, because sometimes when you get opportunity to do something, make sure you make the most and you do your best because at the end of the day, if you don't do it well, people will be like, okay, look, she's been saying she wanted this, she wanted this and we gave her the opportunity to do this and she didn't use it well and be like, oh, this is why we said she shouldn't do this in the first place. So I always say, if I want something, if I want to do something, I have to do my best. I love it. But anyway, let's move on to your uh, next song we've got here on the playlist is... Fader Fader by Phono featuring Father Father. Have I said it wrong again? No, you're good. You're good. You just put you put a British twang on it. It's Fader Fader by Phono <laughs> featuring. I'm gonna get this one wrong as well, but I'm gonna go for it with confidence. Alamide. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. I'm, that's sick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm learning. I'm slowly but surely. I'm becoming part of it. I just want to say thank you to the world. Um, why did you pick this one? During the during like 2016 or thereabouts, after I think this was after my days with Arsenal, and I moved to China. I think I moved from Arsenal because it was it was a bit rough. Not a bit. It was it was really rough when I was in Arsenal. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't get enough playing times. It was it was really difficult for me when I stayed in London. You know. And I wasn't playing. I was not happy and all of that. And then I had to move to China. And a lot of people were like, oh, your career is going to go down. What are you going to China to do? Blah, blah, blah. They don't have good female football there. So I was like, listen, this is what I want to do. Because I feel like at some point in your career, there's you need to go down to really come back up real good, you know? So I didn't mind taking that step. I took the risk. I went to China. And I was so happy after one year. I could play football the way I wanted. I had a coach who um, had confidence in me. I had technical crew who speak with me before the game and like tell me what they want and all of that, you know. So I got my confidence back in China, right? 
I was just grateful that moment. Thank God, I'm so happy. Everything worked out fine and everything, you know. So the song is just all about praises. So Wait, do you see similarities in U2's journey in terms of the confidence to move abroad, the confidence to believe in your talents, arguably sort of defying your parents a little bit in terms of the things that they're trying to put onto each other? Like, how do you two see each other's journey? Do you see parallels? Oh, I'm so inspired. Like, even I had, like, women that I'm really inspired by to do, like, this I Am Celia monologue for my album. And Z was one of the women that I, I reached out to her because, you know, I, I'm always shouting, you know, women, women empowerment and all that stuff. Z, what was that link up like when you two had the opportunity to connect and, and sort of about engaging things that are outside of both of your domains? To be honest with you, when when she wanted to release her album and I got a message from her on Instagram. I slid into her DM, guys. That's I how didn't I believe. Know. Oh, right here. I was, I was just waiting for you to claim it and say it with your chest. I was like, yeah. I was like no, no, no. I know you had to refresh it a few times and see the tick, see if the tick was real. I know, I know yeah, it works. Like, okay, okay. <laughs> Sometimes you'll be like, okay, maybe this is from the handler, you know? <laughs> But yeah, it was it was a bump moment for me. It was a bang moment for me because I was really happy to be part of that project. And also there's, there's this thing also in Africa, like people love to talk about the male artists and bring them, hype them all around and all of them forget that there are women out there, you know? But then for her and a couple of um, female artists in Nigeria, they've been giving us bang back to back. I tell you, she had dangerous love. She had attention. She had a lot of songs, I think from 2019 or 2020, she released this year. They were crazy songs, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, she's up there, she's high there. And I had the opportunity to work for her, not with her because she's bigger than me. So I would say- No way, no way. So I was- really inspired i was really happy to be part of that project anything that has to do with women empowerment that has to do with encouraging women out there because the kind of society we have is a society where they think the male artist or male child or whatever they are superior over the female right so for me i don't like this feeling no i'm not a feminist or whatever but i'm just i always talk the way i feel it's not good because at the end of we all deserve equal opportunity, you know? My mum will be so happy to hear this because I was raised by my mum and I was raised by my, my grandmother. So I've been around strong women my whole life. So, I mean, so I can relate and understand the message that you guys are really trying to put out there with your action. Yeah, but you know, it's not everyone that has the opportunity you had, you know? Of course, of course. Liam, what about you, man? I know you've been around some strong women too. 100%, 100%. I think for me, the most important thing is obviously, you know, I come from a band that was, was we get all this data these days about who your fan base is and who's following, who's listening, you know, we all know these things. And for me, you know, it's a big responsibility because a lot of my, my, my fan base is young females. And, and I think from, from my point of view, I have a lot to say, but, you know, what, what can I say to females? What I need people, you know, like you guys that I can spread the word with and, and, and speak to those females properly without me trying to say it myself. And there's been a big thing for me recently. I've been doing a lot of online shows where uh, we've been having a lot of, of new young female artists coming on to give them a chance to, to, to make it in the industry and to play to these people. And it's amazing, you know, watching their rise and how things go up after the show and, and whatever else. So, you know, I think it's, it's, a, it's a narrative that we're all trying to change desperately uh, and working really hard on. 100%. Collective effort. That's what I tell everybody. Yeah. Now, your next track, you've actually already mentioned uh, once today, 
It's by the wonderful Tiwa Savage, who I'm looking at right now. She's looking wonderful. Uh, you picked Dangerous Love. Tell us about this one. Have you listened to that song? <laughs> sensational. Sensational body of work. It's open, honest, open honesty. Of course I have. Listen, I have two sisters. I have to. They have them tunes there. They run. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dangerous Love is definitely a, a vibe. It's a different um, direction to what people are normally used to hearing from me. But um, I'm from an R&B background, so I took that risk on this project. I wanted to really like just go back to combining R&B and Afrobeat. So that particular track was just easy to vibe to. Like it was easy to connect to because it's more like what you do on a daily basis or what's happening like almost everyone's life, you know? I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I was scared of loving. That's honesty. You know? That's good honesty. Yeah. See, the thing is, and this is what music's supposed to do, it's supposed to evoke that emotion. Exactly. So, to just encourage you and like, let you know that, okay, even if whatever happens, then whatever happens, right? But still like, go for it, you know? I just want to know, does any single track come to your mind immediately anytime you do score a big boy goal? Uh, not really, not really. But I used to like this song ever since David released the song, David O, um, Lower Body. I don't know why. I just love that song. I went to his concert in the UK and it was so amazing. And I actually got taught, I think the move's called Agora Gora. Guara, yeah, guara. That. <laughs> I got taught how to do that. And anytime, yes. anytime I'm with my friends, and they, uh, like, I think it was, it was Naomi who taught me actually um, when I was out in Ghana. But anytime I break that out, that move Go is on, like no, the biggest move. Is when I get the biggest respect out of everyone. I can't because you're, you're <laughs> all my friends are just being nice to me, and it, I've got no talent, and I'm just doing it completely wrong. Maybe they're laughing at me. Who knows? No, it's not. That's not like them. It's not like them. I won't believe it. Um, so obviously, we were just chatting to take it more seriously about using our. our I was using my platform for uh, for different things and, and, and giving that voice to people. I mean, how important to both of you is it using your platforms for social change? Um, for me, it really, it's it's always been important, and, and more so important during this lockdown because you know normally you know you see things happen like something trending you know, and then you go off by, you know, to do your thing, you go on tour, you go to training, whatever, but because we were all stuck at home and I was watching these things, it, it just hit harder. And I was just like, yo, I have to use my platform for it, for other things, not just me music, because I feel like my fans, I can communicate with my fans better than a politician can or better than a religious leader can. Like they would listen to me quicker than they would listen to a, a you know, a politician. So I started a, um, a hashtag, we are tired, just, you know, fight against gender-based violence in Nigeria. And when I, when I opened the page up, I saw so many DMs and so many just heart, heartbreaking stories of, of young girls and, and what they've been through. And it really just, it breaks my heart. Like, it's just like, and these girls will say, oh my God, I love your music. 
And I'm like, how will you even listen to my music when you're going through something like this? It's just like, it was so unfair. And for me, it's like, even if I can just help two people, one person every year, that's literally my mission. And, and, and it's as important as music for me now. Z, I know you've also, you started your own foundation, but wanting to encourage girls to sort of pursue their dreams in, in sports, especially. I just wanted to hear a little bit more. Now that I have the opportunity, I can do as much reading into it, but it's come from your heart. So where does that actually come from in terms of that idea? Um, basically, the idea of setting up the foundation was basically, uh, it came when I signed for China or when I left China. I can't really remember. I looked back at how I started, how limited opportunities the women's player have um, in Nigeria and how I didn't get to realize there were female teams out there, you know. So I just, I tried to set up a team and I told the guys my vision, okay, this is what I have in mind. I want to encourage the younger girls. I want to make them understand that they can always match education and football together. Because for me, education is really important, you know. But basically, that's one of the major problems we have in Africa. The parents used to think, if this kid is talented, at the end of the day, schooling is more important than the talent, right? So I'm trying to merge both together. Like, you can go to school and still work on your talent and everything, right? I'm playing abroad and I'm always jealous of my teammates sometimes because after we play, we're finished training and everything. Majority of them, they go to school and, and they're professional players. But I don't have the same opportunity. The girls back home, they don't have the same opportunity. That's the major reason why I started, because I have a charity foundation myself and I based mine in Zambia. I want to say mine was almost given like a, an intuition from God because it was when I was at my lowest that I was able to kind of find the sort of vision as to you can have a nice house. I have a wonderful house. I have a great job. I, I traveled the world for work, covered some of the biggest sporting events, Sky Sports and all the rest of it. But it's about giving back and there's no there's nothing like giving back as you two are talking about and not wanting to receive anything back so when I set up the school in Zambia it was for me at first I thought it was going to be a, an element of relief but I now carry it as you two do with like an element of pride it's, it's something that I want people to know so as I continue to grow they get the opportunities to grow because you connect with people you find like-minded people like everybody on this call and all of a sudden, the vision that you had by yourself now expands all the time. So we've gone from a school of 45 kids to now 160. That is amazing. To have fresh textbooks, new uniforms, self-sufficient. But it's about giving the same way you're talking today on this conversation. It's about giving those people, especially the girls in that school, vision and understanding that yeah. they can bring giving it. Giving them all. Given they can take all of that vision, that hope, and go anywhere they want in the world to it, but make sure you always come remember that you started in Africa yeah. and be proud of that. No, I think, honestly, in the UK, we de this is something we definitely take for granted in the lives and how lucky we are with everything set up for us in that way. And I mean, for me, as, as a youngster growing up, I, I started my singing career at 14. You know, I was on national television at the age of 14 to 20 million people, and then I had to go back to school because I didn't get through. And I was awful i was failing everything i was like, i don't need to go to school i'm gonna be a pop star and whatever else i mean luckily for me i made it but it, you know i think we definitely take all of these things for granted over here and it's amazing to hear you guys talk about that properly yeah also, but but at the end of the day i feel like um like what i did last year i tried to hold seminars with the parents because a kid will always mm -hmm. be a kid right if i'm under my parents if they tell me don't do this thing and I know they're the ones taking care of me. They're going to clothe me. They're going to feed me and everything, right? They're going to house me as well. 
I'm not going to do that then. So I still think it's not about the kids only. The parents need to be educated as well. Uh, let's move on to your very last song in the playlist, Z. Bring It On by P-Square, featuring Dave Scott. Can't you see? I don't care who you are, where you're from, what you do. Just as long as you're chasing money, do what's right, never give up on it. Bring it on, bring it on. Are you ready? Are you ready? No matter how you try, don't you ever fall. Keep your head up high and standing tall. For me, this this song was. I think a lot of people didn't pay attention to that song because maybe it was not the party banger and all of that, you know. But I always read meaning to songs. I always like to check the meaning of songs or the lines and everything, right? So for me, I think that song is everything. It never gets old in my head. I always remember each time I have difficulties because even right now, I'm at the top level, but. I still face challenges. I still have one or two things I deal with every day, you know, on the pitch, off the pitch, with my team, with my coach, with my friends and everyone, you know. But I just tell myself, like, I'm not stopping. I'm not giving up. Just keep bringing everything. Like, especially when you're staying away from the family, it's even more difficult. Z, what are some of those challenges that you face? Because people would love to hear that because sometimes, especially some of the watchers, they'll be like, well, she's not living the same lifestyle that I'm living. But you being open and transparent might give people that insight. So that's that's the mistake people make because they feel like, okay, you're at this level, you're getting paid or whatever. You don't have problems. No. People have problems. Look, in my job, football, sometimes I'm a striker, right? I don't score goals and I go crazy. <laughs> no, it's not funny. I'm telling you the truth. No, I know. Sometimes I come back home and I say, okay, I don't want to talk to anyone. My mom will call me. I'll tell her. She knows when to call me, as a matter of fact. When I play a game and I don't score, one hour, two hours after the game, she's never going to call my phone because she knows I'm going to be filming. So everyone knows, no, don't call Z this period. She's not yeah. happy, right? My team win fine. If I if I have a good game, you're calling okay. everyone if you win. But you're calling everybody. Bad, <laughs> if I have a bad game where I don't score, you know, these things affect me. These things get to me because it's my job. This is what I love to. I love to score goals. I love winning and everything. Maybe my team don't win. We play in the Champions League. I've played two twice in in Champions League semifinals. I won the other day, and then last year we lost in the final. It was painful. So these things happen to horse as well. Like we have one or two things we're dealing with. So that's just one out of many. On that, you know, for me after a gig, sometimes if I've done a TV performance or something hasn't gone quite well, I mean, I used to be really, really bad at checking online opinion. Um, how, do you, how do you deal with that? People always talk. And then what I've realized within this short period of time is criticism mm. comes with this job. Yeah. Especially this our job because you will have fans out there. When you do well, they're gonna praise you and do everything. So when you do bad as well, you're gonna hear about it. Forget yeah, it. No, Just it. don't Stay go away. away. But I love your mentality with it because you remain level-headed. So you don't take the compliments too much and you don't take the criticism at all. So you remain mm. that balance. T, can you see exactly the same with you? I'm terrible on social media. I give it back. Like sometimes I'll be like back and forth. <laughs> 
You catch me on the wrong day. <laughs> she claps. She claps back. You catch me on the wrong day and we're back both, each other, <laughs> back to back. But honestly, I, I think I've done it for like, what, nine, eight, nine years now. And I kind of know, I, I've never had a situation where someone has come to me in my face and been like, yo, how did you do that? That song is whack. You're whack. And like, you know what? I've actually had it to my face before. Oh, wow, Liam. I was at, I was in New York and I was in a shop and when I whenever I'm with like a member of my family or a, a girlfriend at the time I was with, I, my things about safety. So I want to make sure everyone's safe when we're getting in and out of the car. So I often put people in the car and I won't stop if that's the case when the family around because my mum got knocked over once and it was really horrible. She got knocked over by a paparazzi and I just was like, that's it. I don't stop in that moment. And uh, so I get in the car and literally, you know what the traffic's like in New York, and it's just like you move like three meters every couple of seconds. Yeah. And I got in the car and these two girls, I, I kid you not, stood there holding up their middle finger to me in the car going, F you, F you, for half a mile. For half a mile. And I just thought, I'm really glad I didn't stop because you're obviously horrible people. Um, they were just trying to get with you and you weren't paying them attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, never mind. Never mind. Um, guys, honestly, thank you so much for joining us today. I've got to say this episode has literally been the most inspirational thing I think I've ever listened to. I feel good. Nigerian role team, man. We promised it. Oh, <laughs> you, delivered. you delivered. You delivered. Thank you so much, guys. It was beautiful talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Oh, JD, I mean, what an amazing episode. I mean, I feel rejuvenated. And I feel, you know what? I feel like I need to do more, if I'm honest, hearing those amazing stories from both of, from both of them, really. Listen, they're just two inspirational people, Liam, and you're doing enough, man. Honestly, you're inspiring the people as well. So don't be giving out too much compliments. I'm going to give you your flowers too, man. But honestly, it was, it was inspirational to be on that chat and just listen to how both of them are impacting their own field. And you, so let's not forget you as well. Your impact's amazing. I mean, you know, that, the talk about the school, uh, I mean, it's all such fantastic stuff, and I'm, I'm I'm so glad we got to cover those topics. You know, although this is about football, it's about music. You know, it's also you know it should be about giving back as well, and, and all of us managing to reach you know these these points in our career where we're, we're able to make that change. Hundred percent. That's exactly what we're doing. We're just trying to embark on change and giving a, a gateway to these athletes as to who they really are, and these musicians who they really are. Do you know? What I mean, it's unique conversations, man. For sure. For sure. Well, JD, you've been amazing as always. Thank you very, very much for joining me and I'll speak to you next week. Liam, can't wait, mate. Look after yourself. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that episode as much as we did. If you did, please give us a like, a share or a review on whatever platform you're listening on. To hear Aziza's epic playlist, hit the link below. And finally, check out FIFA's social feeds for exclusive play-on content and teasers for our future guests. Wherever you are in the world right now, uh, I hope you're keeping well and safe and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you very much.